quality corporate training meets powerful AI. Docebo is the world's first generative AI learning platform. You can customize the learning experience and create content in seconds. Learn more at docebo.com. The word trust has many meanings. It can mean trust in a friend or in family, or it can be a legal agreement where one party entrusts property to another. A trust is also where a group of industrialists come together to bring down production costs and control the market collectively. A trust can even refer to unfair business practices, which is why we have expressions such as blind trust or antitrust. Rebuilding trust in the future is the theme of this year's meeting of the World Economic Forum, held in Davos, like every year, from the 15th to the 19th of January. Trust is also the title of an amazing novel, which won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction in 2023. Hernan Diaz, the author, is American but was born and studied in Argentina. Trust is the story of a financier who makes his fortune speculating during the Great Depression of the late 20s, of his brilliant wife, and of a girl hired as a ghostwriter for his biography. Hernan Diaz tells us about the events of the 20th century from different points of view. And this proves the importance of perspective. Because when you focus on one thing, you always ignore others. The pages of trust are key to understanding the deeper meaning of the annual conference in Davos. Because the World Economic Forum itself presents several points of view, and some things are brought to light while others remain in the shadows. I am Guido Brera, and you're listening to Black Box, the hidden side of finance, a podcast by Cora Media, sponsored by Docebo. Trust is one word with many meanings. It's polyhedral with many sides. In the words of Walt Whitman, the father of American poetry, I am vast, I contain multitudes. The word trust is the thematic frame to this year's economic forum in Davos. At the beginning, it was called the European Management Symposium, held for the first time in 1971 in Switzerland. Ever since then, the most important entrepreneurs and managers of Europe started to meet each winter. The invitation was later extended to politicians as well, and the meeting became a moment of international mediation. Finally, in 1987, it was renamed the World Economic Forum. This year, the meeting in Davos was called Rebuilding Trust in the Future, and that was also its message. But the first question we have to ask ourselves is, rebuilding trust in what? Because it's a vague expression, which reveals the paralysis of the elites and of those that should be taking political decisions in our day and age. A present time in which we're experiencing one crisis after another at increasingly shortened intervals. In our present, the balance of power is so split that it's almost impossible to find a clear perspective anymore. A year ago, on this same podcast, 
We asked if the Conference of Davos still had any reason to exist. We asked ourselves this question, because globalization is going through a moment of deep crisis, and globalization is Davos' reason to be. Now, those doubts are stronger than ever. The title of rebuilding trust sounds hollow, inconsistent, like fog on a stage. This edition of the Forum in Davos presents four key themes, four foundational pillars, like the pillars of the earth gnawed by weapons and flames, in the words of the great Argentinian poet, Jorge Luis Borges. The first theme is to forge pathways to cooperation in our fragmented world. In practice, this sounds like the principle of Western de-risking policies, which we talked about in episode 15 of Black Box. That is, the policy of protectionism and the reshoring of production that was moved abroad in order to protect supply chains. In essence, the backtracking of globalization. And so, rebuilding trust in what exactly? The second theme of the meeting in Davos this year was creating growth and jobs in the new era. A very vague resolution, because it's true that new reshoring policies in the north of the world have greatly reduced unemployment. But it's also true that we don't know which jobs are going to be erased by new technologies such as AI. And this brings us to the third theme of Davos, artificial intelligence as a driving force for the economy and society. These words alone prove that the forum is taking a dogmatically techno-optimistic approach to the issue, blindly embracing these innovations. It's almost as if there isn't even a debate between acceleration and containment, as if the risks are non-existent and progress should be left free to run its course. Finally, the fourth theme. A long-term strategy for climate, nature, and energy, which was also the main theme of the previous edition. Since it's returning this year, this can only mean that the proposal to evaluate companies according to their environmental, social, and governance impact on the planet was a failure. The previous World Summit in Davos had claimed that the system of ESG criteria and standards would have solved all our problems. This brings us back around to our first question. What does it mean to rebuild trust? The answer seems to lie in the unmasking of Davos' public facade. Nothing but a media circus, a sort of set where capitalism postures and shows its best side. A display of good intentions, but nothing more than smoke and mirrors. During the World Economic Forum in Davos, Javier Millet, the new man elected as president to Argentina in December, held his first public speech abroad. A firebrand speech, almost a manifesto in which he slammed socialism as a threat to the West. Millet is an economist born in 1970, but his words sounded like someone from 50 years ago, more like the school of Chicago during the Cold War. He spoke about the dangers of collectivization, and he praised entrepreneurs as heroes and social benefactors. He likened the presence of the state in the economy to socialist control on the means of production. Despite all this, he forgot to mention that social inequality is at a record high, and financial markets are booming. Malay's speech might make sense in Argentina, where irresponsible populist policies have wrecked the country, 
causing hyperinflation and destroying the local currency. But it's baffling to see the enthusiasm that the speech generated in the champions of techno-optimism, who repeated the words of Millet online as if they were new. It seems that a certain valley capitalism was inspired by this rehash of the theories of Friedrich von Hayek, 100 years after their formulation. After the Argentinian president Millet, it was Pedro Sanchez's turn to speak. The prime minister of Spain rolled out the usual list of good intentions about combining economic growth with environmental sustainability and prosperity for all. We've heard so many speeches like this over the years, and they have never translated into effective action. This is no way to stop the march of populists like Millet over Europe. The real face of the forum in Davos, however, is its private one. The one where companies and investment funds pay millions to take part in these special events. Because this is the week in which Davos turns into the center of global lobbying a beehive of private agreements and exchanges between states and companies. This is where the World Economic Forum truly becomes what sociologist Luciano Gallino called the Davos Party, a coalition defending the interests of the world's ruling class. The theme of rebuilding trust in the future brings to mind the official biography commissioned by the rich financier and trust, the novel by Hernan Diaz that we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, In the book, the story is told from two points of view. And here as well, in the Swiss Alps surrounding Davos, the version of history being shown to the public is completely different than the real one. In the latter, the World Economic Forum is more like a big theater in which power is being preserved. Everyone has their role to play in upholding the status quo, in defending the privileged and consolidating the past. The problems of our age only come into play when they can be turned into opportunities for the paying audience. Last year, on this podcast, we asked ourselves if the Davos conference still had any reason to exist. And now we can say that the answer is yes. Not for the official reasons of the conference, but because the Davos Forum truly represents our world today in all its contradictions and in all its resistance to change. Black Box is a Cora News podcast produced by Cora Media and sponsored by Docebo. Written by Guido Brera with I Diavoli. Editorial supervision by Francesca Milano. Intro and sound design by Luca Micheli. Editing and post-production by Luca Micheli and Emanuele Moscatelli. Production organization by Alex Federendo.